Coming up this week on Breaking Badness, today we discuss a big bounty on big ransomware. Big deal? Next up, Apple fixes kernel vuln thanks to tip from BFF Microsoft. And as always, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 102, recorded on November 8th, 2021. I'm your co-host, Tim, just plain shrewdless helming. With me, co-host Chad, $10 million Anderson. And last but not least, Taylor, still sad that we're Dwight shrewdless Wilkes Pierce for a return engagement. Good morning, gentlemen. Howdy, y'all. How's it going? I was hoping for more of a uh, Dr. Evil one million dollars, but they, that was a good enough reading. Well, I was I, uh, I tried to stretch it out a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know what it was, uh, Chad? I realized I didn't have my pinky in the corner of my mouth. I got to try that again. With me, co-host Chad, 10 million dollars, Anderson. That's definitely it. That was, was it. That closer? Nailed it. It's the it. pink. It's the pinky there. That yeah. makes all the difference. It's, yeah. it's as an audio technician, um, you're you know these things. Um, it's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I was just so excited about the episode that I forgot to do my audio wizardry on that. Uh, <laughs> so, Taylor, it's great to have you back, fresh in from Hawaii. So, yeah. uh, you know, you brought the sunshine with you, which is amazing. Uh, it's been we've been getting absolutely drenched here in the great Pacific Northwest. So uh, thanks for bringing that back. Yeah, you know, you it's... know, I'd say I miss it, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it. Well, no, this is this is a way better thing to bring back than the uh, chocolate and macadamia nuts. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those, but, you know, I'll oh, take I brought these back chickens. Trays. Just nothing but chickens from Chickens, Brown. yeah. <laughs> hooli, hooli chicken, let's do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, hey, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting last few days in the InfoSec world, so... Let's talk about some stories here. So the first one, uh, Chad, will a $10 million bounty be the quicker picker upper of the dark side gang? On November 4th, the U.S. Department of Justice announced a $10 million reward for information leading to the identification and arrests of members of the dark side ransomware gang and a companion $5 million payout for information leading to arrests of anyone caught trying to engage in a dark side attack. So, Chad, in order to help us get some perspective on whether $10 million is a big or a small amount of money, especially considering it'll only buy you a second-rate NFT these days, who is Darkside, and how do they stand out from the rest of the ransomware crowd? Yeah, so Darkside as a group uh, was first noticed in August 2020. They've known to be looking particularly professional, both in their website and how they communicate with victims. Um, they also have attempted to partner with journalists and have done a number of interviews trying to foster this type of Robin Hood image, if you will, where they just target large corporations and refuse to attack schools, governments, and hospitals. Um, that's worked in some ways. Their, their most notable attack, though, was probably the Colonial Pipeline, um, which is why they're getting targeted so heavily here by the Bureau. As a ransomware group, um, they're the typical affiliate program, and their affiliates have been known to do quite a bit of uh, living off the land, where you know using local binaries trusted by the system to move around and operate. 
They also, people have noticed, share quite a bit of code with the Revol or Sodenokibi uh, ransomware variant. So many have thought that Darkseid was just a rebrand of Revol, which is a little interesting given the recent arrests today. All this uh, rebranding that's going on can get people a little, uh, probably a little turned around. It's a good thing that you uh, created that explainer of the ransomware families a little while ago. And uh, for folks that are interested in that, you can find it on the Domain Tools website under the blogs area. But, you know, so so did the uh, did they actually literally put up a wanted poster for this? And uh, if so, uh, what's the over under on the NFT of that? <laughs> yeah. So they did put out a wanted poster, um, and it's a pretty ridiculous one at that. I really hope they're going around and wheat pasting it up in town squares and, uh, you know, sheriffs with uh, spurs on and large mustaches or like twirling those and looking at them. Um, but uh, the, the lock and keyboard with all the cash on it, really funny image. Uh, but they, you know, they really missed the mark. They should have thrown a Bitcoin in there, you know, uh, something like that. Maybe like a hash across the keyboard. Um, definitely an NFT of it has to already be floating around out there. If not, I'll go ahead and make it and sell it. Um, get that out there as soon as possible. I sh- we should be doing NFTs for all threat actors at this point. I'm surprised CrowdStrike isn't doing that already with their, uh, you know, furry uh, threat actors that they do. Hey, you know, maybe that's maybe this is something we should be doing on Breaking Badness. Like maybe there should be a weekly Breaking Badness NFT that we post with the uh, episode blog. I yeah, just we like too. And download it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you wouldn't screenshot a JPEG. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we too could contribute to money laundering. Um, we might as well. <laughs> it's the latest thing. So so Chad, I mean, you in a way you sort of touched on this, but like, can Darkseid just evade this whole problem by changing their name, uh, or, or you know, is there something deeper than simple surface level rebranding that can that these groups are likely to do to avoid getting caught yeah these groups uh keep doing this rebranding right we uh we saw this in previous bureau statements though uh where they talked last week the bureau put out a press release right they pride themselves on their very long memory um so eventually the rebrandings aren't going to help anymore and the deflection to a new group name isn't going to be easy enough uh or an easy enough way to move away from previous uh, engagements and victims that they had. You know, the software, everyone, there's code reuse and all of this. Um, you know, people uh, are always a constant problem in operational security. So in any case, uh, at the end of the day, the people writing the ransomware here are highly unlikely to get caught if they play their OPSEC right. Um, the only people at risk really are the affiliates, right? So if anything is going to happen here, um, from a you know another potential rebranding, just these affiliates are going to move over. They'll start getting tracked again, um, and I I don't know. They can't evade the law forever. It's a layer eight problem for them too. Yeah, just like for everybody else. So, okay, so there's a framework that kind of backs up this reward, and it's called the Transnational Organized Crime Rewards Program. But of course, it's the TOCRP because it's got to be an acronym. So. Tell the good people what that is. Yeah, so the TOCRP, um, as you know, everyone in the industry calls it. I know it says it. They uh, call it the TOCRP. Yeah, the TOCRP. Uh, never heard of this before. I had to go look it up. Actually, program was started in 2013. Uh, allows for up to 25 million in awards for qualified law enforcement objectives. 
The program is managed by the Department of State and allows for a number of law enforcement agencies, DEA, um, you know, ICE, etc., within the United States to put up these awards whenever it involves international organized crime groups. So it's just a uh, fast track, I guess, for throwing up big money numbers to bring down uh, big problems. Probably is just what they needed for an accounting line item, you know, in the budget. So, yeah. So, okay. So I guess the big question here then is what does InfoSec Twitter think will be the outcome of this? You know, as, as uh, Chris Krebs pointed out a few weeks ago, that's, that's really where everybody gets their news, right? So what does InfoSec Twitter think? Is this likely to slow things down for Darkseid or whatever it is that they're called next? Yeah, I don't think it'll slow it down for them, but it is interesting, and, and this has been echoed around, um, you know, the Twitterverse, uh, that $10 million is also what we're offering for the capture of high-ranking ISIL members. So we're seeing a reward here that's on par with how we view terrorist organizations. That in and of itself shows financial implications and how important this is as an objective for the current administration. As for whether or not arrests will happen, I think most people in the InfoSec industry are so burnt out dealing with these attacks day in and day out right now that it's hard for them to say anything positive. I'd agree with that general feeling that there just isn't going to be any meaningful change in this space until there's change in the financial incentives um, for these ransomware groups. So what that looks like, I just don't know. I, I do know that it would be less of a problem if companies just followed basic security advice, like network segmentation, though, and quit dumping tons of money into new security products. Uh, but, you know, for now, it seems to be still pretty effective for these groups, uh, no matter what they're branded as or, you know, which affiliate has moved over to which new loyalty to just keep uh, ransoming out these organizations. Yeah, so... So then I guess, I think you've probably kind of already answered my next question, but we'll see if there's anything else in there. So, you know, if we, if we see more arrests uh, or if we see arrests that come out of this bounty, if somebody wins the $10 million, the pinky was there, uh, you know, what's the overall effect that you think this will have on the big picture in ransomware? If that's not too repetitive with the other questions, but, you know, what do you got? Yeah, I th well, I think this is interesting. I think we're probably at a point where if arrests start happening, um, we might see a bit of a labor shortage. There's only so many talented hackers um, out there, but it'll it'll probably just be a matter of time before someone writes a more advanced, uh, you know, piece of ransomware that's more automated and they don't need um, as uh, capable affiliates um, to go and hack into, you know, organizations. They're already purchasing, you know, from initial access brokers ways into these systems. So it really just needs someone to kick off the binary at the end. But, you know, these groups are probably already smart enough to see a potential labor shortage if people get arrested. So maybe they're already training a new set of hackers. They have to be looking at their next evolution, right? It's been a couple of years since we saw the previous evolution with double extortion coming onto the scene. They have to be thinking of a post-ransomware world of what their you know next money-making scheme is going to be, especially as governments start closing in on this. Uh, the you know current administration certainly sees it as a priority and are doing all they can to uh, squeeze a little bit here. So um, you know I think if anything it'll be a short stop, and then we'll see maybe a bloom of some other cluster of activity. People aren't going to stop committing cybercrime. Uh, it's easy money. And there's, you know, easy ways to um, funnel that money around and launder it and, and use it elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's I don't think we'll see too much of a change except for in the short term.
So as far as the uh, labor personnel aspect of this, their attitude is crunch all you want, we'll make more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we know they're, you know, they're skilling up more people for sure. Um, and it is absolutely, the, like one of the most consistent things that I'm hearing these days about this is that it's, it's really got to be about getting them on the financial side of things. Like, and that's going to take various kinds of international cooperation, probably some regulation of cryptocurrency that's a very tricky uh matter so you know who knows so with all this stuff in mind taylor what's your uh hoodie or goodie rating and uh, for those that are newer listeners uh we rate the severity of a, a uh, cybercrime incident on a scale of hoodies how many hoodies one to ten uh, does that represent? And uh, But some of these things are on the flip side. They're on the positive side of the scale. So rather than expressing that as negative hoodies, we'll uh, talk about it as goodies. <laughs> so what do you think, Taylor? I, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it's I looking, there's no honor among thieves. In any way, you can introduce some uncertainty in their own communications and who they do business with internally and get them thinking about like, hey, am I going to get turned in for $10 million? Like, that's a lot of cash, right? So, uh, yeah, for goodies, let's give it give four and a half goodies. Four and a half goodies. All right. That's very specific, as is always the case uh, for longtime listeners. You'll remember that. Taylor is uh, is quite precise in the fractions of hoodies or goodies that he provides. So, uh, Chad, what do you think? Um, well, given uh, that I think there might not be as much positive change from arrest, you know, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Taylor as well. It's good to give some financial incentives, make them a little uh, afraid that someone could turn them in. Um, I think in the end, it might lead to some better OPSEC and harder tracking, uh, which would suck. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's also part of this cat and mouse uh, offense-defense game. So I'm going to go with 4.53 goodies nice. um, on that, just because I want to be a little more positive than Taylor, uh, mostly because I'm jealous that he's returning from his Hawaii vacation. And I'm, you know, showboating a little bit to say that I'm happier here, uh, you know, than he could have possibly been on the islands with a Mai Tai in his hand. All of that expressed through a delta of three centigoodies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll see how this plays out, and you know we'll keep everybody updated if those arrests happen. Chad, I know that you're probably working hard on the OSINT involved in getting these these folks turned in because you could use the ten million bones. Ten million, really? Go get you know, it. There's a lot of sweet NFTs out there that need to be bought. Yeah, certainly. I uh, well, do they tax you on these? Oh, they're about uh, to. Well, do they tax you on uh, rewards? You know, if I turn someone in for $10 million, oh, yeah. it's maybe not sure. worth it if I, you know, only get to see about $5 million of that. And then it kicks me up into that upper tax bracket. Really, it's best That's to just, you know, not mention it at all, yeah. even if I know. Got that. So the takeaway from this week's episode of Breaking Badness is do not win or come into $10 million. It's just going to be nothing but misery and heartache. Yeah, just give it to us. You know what? We'll handle it. <laughs> we'll take care of that for you. You won't yep. have to worry about it at don't all. Don't worry about that tax burden. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask if there was a tax on NFTs. Uh, but, you know, that would be... There is about to be. 
That, well, that would be that could have the same uh, acronym and new freaking tax. Uh, oh, I like that. All right. Well, hey, Taylor, let's stick yeah. with you. So our second story of the week, Apple, fierce, cunning, shrewdless. Apple <laughs> has patched a vulnerability in Mac OS that can allow attackers to bypass a key OS protection and install a rootkit uh, to perform arbitrary operations on the computer. According to researchers from Apple BFF, Microsoft. So, so Taylor, first off, do you think Microsoft researchers have some kind of wall on their research unit where they put Apple stickers up there the way that, you know, the World War II pilots would put the enemy flags on the noses of their planes? Uh, for each critical bone they find in Apple products, I couldn't help noticing that they had a line in their blog that began, this OS level vulnerability and others that will inevitably be uncovered. I mean, are they straight up dunking on Apple here? Are they, honestly, are they just being realist? Uh, you know, it can be both. No. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that potentially there's like some Balmer era, uh, like bonus spiff that are paid out on vaults <laughs> and Apple stuff. But also I think that, you know, if, if you're Windows, you're in a giant glass house. And so, uh, you know, you're throwing rocks around and, and knowing that at, at the same time. Right. And I think it's just realistic. Right. Like they already they mentioned three other ways that this has been bypassed in the past. So, you know, this is this is just another one um, kind of more recently introduced in 2019. Yeah. So as the intro mentioned, uh, this vulnerability allowed a malicious actor to bypass a protection in Mac OS and this technology. And you just referred to this a second ago. Also, SIP, it's called System Integrity Protection. So not to be confused with session initiation protocol. So <laughs> oh. keep calm, all you VoIP nerds out there. So what does this SIP do? And and why did Microsoft name this thing uh, shrewdless? Yeah, uh, and as someone who has worked on VoIP, it is <laughs> the, the same acronym used somewhere else just always breaks your brain a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, one thing on Microsoft I want to mention is that, you know, there's from a research perspective, they've got three things, right? They've got a bunch of apps they support on Mac OS. Uh, they've got Defender on Mac OS. They've got their own internal users that run Macs nowadays. So, uh, you know, I, this is you know far from uh, like a, a contest type of thing. I think that uh, you know it's, it's still very interesting that, they, that they're digging into this stuff. Uh, but from the SIP side of the house, SIP was introduced back in Yosemite, uh, which is like 2014 or so, and it essentially uh, locks down a number of uh, directories like, like system or uh, user bin or sbin uh, from any type of write access to them. So uh, you know, regardless. Of, of permissions levels. So root or not, you can't kind of bust into to these spots in the OS. So uh, because of that, they basically said you're running rootless because you can't really, um, you know, access that stuff. And that, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's just kind of their way of doing this. This In Linux, if you look at SC Linux and a few other places, there, there are some other kind of similar, um, like, I would say pathways that, that other distros have gone down for, for similar stuff. But Apple's is a little more heavy handed just uh, as they are want to do and they control the uh, OSX, uh, well, not the full ecosystem, but as much as they can nowadays, right? Um, 
so yeah, so they've added this in, uh, and these flags. So there's flags that allow you to access these things, uh, and they're they're stored in in the uh, non-volatile RAM. So in a little special piece of hardware that that kind of makes this very even more difficult <laughs> to change. And so uh, you know the system integrity protection is designed to allow the modification of this protected stuff only by processes that are signed by Apple specifically and have special entitlements to write to system files, right? So the Apple software update stuff and Apple Apple installers uh, and yeah so <laughs> they call this rootless uh, and then because the Microsoft team got around this via some fun shell games uh, they call their uh, CVE shrootless <laughs> it all makes sense so you mentioned this a second ago can you go into it just a little more detail about these rootless uh, entitlements that uh, that are part of SIP yeah, so uh, like the ability to change the stuff is needed, right? Uh, if you're going to do like update the system uh, without forcing someone to install the whole thing <laughs> or grab the whole thing. Uh, and so, you know, they have uh, a little demon uh, <laughs> uh, they run, it runs for the stuff of system underscore install D uh, and system install D is essentially what they use to run AppleSign packages that uh, allows them to uh, kind of get around this for their own purposes uh, of, of doing some, uh, some of those types of events. Okay, so with all of this background in place now that we've got, and thank you for that, uh, just let's walk through. Can you walk us through this, uh, the compromise scenarios that Microsoft discovered here? Yeah, so what they discovered is if there is an Apple package, uh, an Apple sign package that is being installed that has post-install scripts, that when they run those post-install scripts, uh, it invokes the uh, uh, basically the the Z shell of the you know because they replaced bash with Z shell officially a couple of years ago uh, and so it, it, it runs Z shell uh, which uh, fires up the ZSH env or Z shell environment file uh, that can then run things and because it is running as a um, inherited rootless uh, entitlement, uh, which is kind of odd because you have that system installed D, which is kind of your core process that runs and that has, uh, that helps you bypass uh, the SIP file system checks to see if you can access stuff like user and, and bin and SBIN and, and things like that. Um, you know, the, the, the child processes of anything that's installed with an Apple package and, and the child processes are gonna inherit that rootless entitlement for bypassing SIP stuff. Uh, so if they if you install an Apple package that has a post-install script, it's going to hit the Z shell. It's going to fire up Z shell, uh, run basically run the Z shell environment file, and then in there you can plug stuff in that it will then just run with those entitlements uh, to essentially bypass SIP. You know, this is pretty low-level stuff that somebody isn't going to have any kind of an easy time getting, you know, protecting themselves against. So that the Apple patch for this was really uh, was really critical. So I actually, I have a question about what this is gonna be, what we're gonna see in the future, but is that a safe assumption that like basically the patch is kind of the only protection here uh, because of the nature of this? Yeah, very, very, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, yeah, absolutely. Of course, the usual stuff applies, like, hey, don't <laughs> uh, install stuff because- Install you know, shady apps that yeah. fell off the back of a truck in a dark alley somewhere. Yeah. 
we, we should have like just a list of three things and just these usual, you know, uh, these things are still going to apply. Um, but yes, you know, this is certainly dangerous enough for the Microsoft team to, you know, obviously responsibly disclose it to the Apple team, which I'm, again, I bet that email chain was kind of funny, but, uh, or not, who knows? <laughs> uh, but, uh, certainly, uh, you know, dangerous enough for, for that patch to, to go, to go out already. So if you haven't patched OSX, certainly go ahead and do so at your earliest convenience. Okay. So if the, uh, if that little bit of either realism or shade, depending on how you like to interpret it, that Microsoft, uh, put in their blog, if that's in fact accurate and it's inevitable that more bypasses like these are going to be found, uh, let's assume that some percentage of them are going to live in the, in the wild as zero days for some period of time at least. So, you know, knowing that to be the case um, is the, I obviously, I guess that your best bet against these kinds of compromises is patch as early as you possibly can. Uh, <laughs> we all say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the Easier way, said than done. do your network segmentation too. Cause you know, why not, why not fix ransomware while you're at it? Right, Chad? <laughs> no, we just run Correct. a flat network and we don't patch. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a honeypot. <laughs> well, uh, so this with everything, and thank you for that, Taylor. It's a, a good detailed explanation of this. I'm really relieved that this thing is patched and I'm also kind of terrified that there are going to be more of these. And, uh, but you know, I don't, I hardly ever install anything on this thing. So it's the only, the only installations I get are the drive-by downloads that I don't know are happening when I, you know, visit <laughs> terrible websites. And those are, those are going to be bad anyway. Right. So Chad, what's your, uh, hoodie or goodie rating on this one? Well, um, you know, personally, I have a lot of uh, rootless entitlements um, since I've never mind. That was dumb. Um, anyways, I, I was you know, hoping you were going to expand on that, but yeah. uh, oh well. You, I could, was just, you could totally wax rhapsodic about rootless entitlements. I'm I'm 100 percent confident. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about how you know I I uh, no longer have root as um on many systems, you know, no longer being in the operations field. Um, but I am highly entitled. So, uh, that was so it all kind of balances out. Well, yeah. I, had, I had too much candy over Halloween, so I'm a toothless entitlement. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully not a root canal. With, well, hopefully a root canal is entitlement. Uh, so, uh, this is a pretty interesting bug. You know, it's something, uh, being able to get around, um, that protection on Mac OS, is uh, certainly very interesting. It's a great thing that Microsoft went and, uh, you know, sent this over to Apple so that they can get things cleaned up. Uh, that is like, yeah, it's an underpinning of um, security on macOS. So I would say uh, big bug. Glad it's fixed as a Mac user. Uh, probably give it a 7 out of 10. Lucky, lucky number seven. Okay, Taylor, how about you? How many, uh, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that it's probably goodies and not hoodies on this one. Uh, how many? Well, well, goodies in terms of how, how this, well, this got disclosed and resolved, but certainly hoodies in terms of, hey, this has been out in the wild for a little while. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. That's so, true. so from I shouldn't that assume anything. Of it, and also, you know, like, I'm sure that, well, I'm not sure of anything, I guess, but in terms of uh, how quick folks update systems, right? Um, you know, th this could hang around for a while for folks 
you know, people aren't always the best about this thing. So this, this will, <laughs> this will be a, an issue going forward. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm more, you know, get bypassing SIP this easily because it's not particularly like complicated. It's writing stuff into the Z shell and just letting it do its thing. Uh, yeah, I'll go, um, yeah, like seven hoodies and like a like a sleeve of another hoodie, just to to do like a kind of a a Dessa hoodie beyond <laughs> beyond chat. <laughs> we have the uh, the fraction fractional hoodie goodie one upsmanship continuing here. Uh, we're all a bunch of shrewdless fighters, so <laughs> no one should be surprised by that. Okay, seven point sleeve for Taylor on the uh, the hoodie rating. So Chad, remind me, did you say was your seven your seven is hoodies also or, or is it goodies? Oh it's definitely hoodies, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's they're sort of offsetting in a sense that um I'm really glad that we're learning about this because it's patched basically and not because it's being exploited in the wild in a big news story. It's probably just being exploited in the wild quietly. Yep. For for now, so yeah, maybe these are shoodies then. Shoodies, yeah. that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty good consideration actually. <laughs> the shoody scale, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to Kelsey about that, and, and who knows, that might become a feature of future Breaking Badness. All right, well, thank you for doing uh, covering those stories, uh, Taylor and Chad, and now. We are going to move on to the, the one recurring segment that we have on Breaking Badness where we play that game that you all probably played around a campfire when you were younger. Who knows, maybe you still do. Uh, of course, I'm talking not about strip poker. I'm talking about two truths and a lie. So this is not that kind of a show. One of us is designated each week to pick three article titles, but they've made up one of them. It's a lie, and the other two are true having to do with cybersecurity. And this week it is Chad's turn to try to deceive Taylor and myself. And Taylor is playing on Kelsey's behalf. So, you know, no pressure, uh, Taylor. But Apologies uh, in advance, Kelsey. So here it comes. Chad, lay him on us. And now for your moment of zen. Um, no, uh, so I've got three good ones for you. Hopefully I get some points this week. Number one, state-sponsored hackers break Zoho password management to breach dozens of organizations. Number two, Operation Cyclone takes down several members of Revil ransomware gang. Number three, U.S. sanctions cryptocurrency exchange used by ransomware affiliates. Well, if number three is true, then that's already something that we, like they, they got that done in the amount of time that it took us to record this episode. So well done, DOJ. I'm sure they didn't have any, you know, didn't have it working ahead of time. They just did that on the spot. So I don't know. Those are good. Those are good. Uh, I, what was the first one again? State-sponsored hackers break Zoho password management to breach dozens of organizations. Hmm. You know, I'm. I think I'm going to go with the fir that first one being a lie. Uh, I actually hope that 
Zoho password management isn't broken, but I don't know. I don't remember seeing that in the news, but that could be just because I didn't see it in the news. I don't know. Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, it is, I do think that's the, the most likely one of those. I don't know. We've just had a lot of big theme this week of, of taking down ransomware actors. Indeed. So All right, Chad. Chad is, is leading Taylor and I are going with... I'm going to take that. Well, and I'll take the middle. I'll take the, oh. the site. Yeah, let's, let's take that middle one. Just oh, to, okay. All right. Just to be so different. I'm saying Sorry, uh, the first one's a lie. Taylor's saying the second one's a lie. Chad, which one's a lie? Taylor, you are extremely good at this game. Operation Cyclone was targeting the Klopp ransomware gang. Uh, evil. So, oh, it was one of those. It was a true story, but with some vital part change. That's a tricky, little, that's little a tricky form of this. Yeah. yeah. The old swaparoo. Well, so there, Taylor, you've, uh, you've earned a point for Kelsey. So nothing to worry about. <laughs> All right. All right. So, hey, it's been great. Thank you for coming uh for ending your vacation early i'm sure that's what you did yep. right uh yep. in order Can't to come, early to get back here to do come this. back here Look, to seattle to do Kelsey a Badness yeah. recording so uh, that was awfully big of you and uh <laughs> mahalo a big huge mahalo from everybody at breaking badness so thanks you guys and uh, any parting words of wisdom for the audience this week drink and click I'm gonna say don't drink and click. <laughs> well, that's what that's that's what Kelsey says. You know, you'll hear her saying that in a few minutes because even though yeah. she's not with us, she's still magically with us through the magic Always. of post production. Yeah. All right. Well, we will uh, talk to you soon, Chad and Taylor. I hope we talk to you soon again. It's always great having you on the show. So Likewise. thanks so much, and uh, we'll call that a wrap for episode 102. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.